Welcome to another episode of Search News You Can Use with me, Dr. Marie Haynes. So I want to thank you for listening to this podcast. We're getting more and more listeners, and it's so exciting. Um, I have to apologize at the risk of sounding very Canadian that we actually didn't put out a podcast last week. Um, and it was uh, mostly because we went to PubCon, uh, and I'm going to talk a little bit about PubCon and what we learned there. Um, and also, we did. Uh, I did so much talking and also laughing at PubCon that I lost my voice for a period of time. So um, so thank you for your patience. Uh, it's really cool that some of you actually sent me emails to say that uh, you had missed the podcast and am I still doing it? Um, so thank you. I really uh, appreciate the encouragement. So we're going to talk about a few things today. There was yet another algorithm update that I think was relatively significant. Um, and we have a bunch of changes that Google has announced and, and other things that we can talk about uh, to hopefully help improve your ability to uh, do SEO for your sites. Um, so first, let's talk algorithm updates. There was some type of significant update that started started around October 15th of 2018. Now, um, when I looked at the sites that we have access to in Google Analytics, I saw a lot of changes that were between October 14th and 16th. Most of these, I'd say, were the 15th. Um, most of the algo checkers, the, the weather checkers like MozCast and Algaroo are showing that there was some type of turbulence at this time as well. So, what I noticed when we looked at a bunch of the sites that we monitor is that most of the sites that saw changes were ones that have, we had flagged as having link issues. And it's interesting, there's one site that we did a link audit for back in August, and every single potential link update that we see, they just go up and up. Um, this site we disavowed, we were really, really aggressive with a disavow for them. And uh, I hope to be publishing something on this within the next month or so, uh, just in what I'm seeing in terms of disavows. Uh, but that said, we do have another client that we filed the disavow for, I want to say about eight months ago or so. And uh, this site actually saw some drops with the October 15th update. So uh, the question is, and I think in that case, we had recommended disavowing quite a few links that the site owner uh, disagreed with us on. Um, and so it might be that some of those links that uh, were sort of, we call them sophisticated uh, link building in the terms that if a Google Web Spam team member looked at these links, they would consider them unnatural. Um, but they're links that actually cost a lot of money and uh, used to work in the past. And so I see a lot of site owners that are really reluctant to get rid of that kind of link. So uh, I don't know. That's my theory that October 15th probably was mostly related to links. I say mostly because I have um, a couple of sites that saw changes on this date uh, that I don't think are link related. So I think that this update is really connected to everything that we've seen since August 1st. Um, August 1st and then again September 27th, those were updates that in my opinion was Google's ability to better assess trust and to assess wh which businesses can we trust, which websites have issues that are potentially trust issues. Um, and I think that links are feeding into this. So I think if you have a large number of links 
that were made just for SEO purposes, that this can impact Google's ability to trust you. And I think that this is why we're seeing things on kind of like, it's not black and white, uh, because we're seeing some sites with crazy um, manipulative link profiles that are still actually able to rank well. And I think it's because there are other trust signals there uh, that sort of override the potential link issue. And if Google made it so that every site that had built unnatural links didn't rank any more, um, their results would not be good. You know, they, we would be seeing that there are large brands that are not ranking well and people want to see those large brands. Um, and so I really do think it's not that Google has a brand bias, but people have a brand bias and Google wants to show us what people want to see. So if you saw drops on October 15th, the next question is, what do you do? And uh, I do think that in some cases, filing a thorough disavow can help. With that said, it's rare that we see a disavow take a site um, beyond where they used to be. Uh, I'm not saying it's impossible. I mean, the first set I just mentioned is actually seeing significant growth beyond anything they've ever had before. And that's just after filing a disavow. But in most cases, if you have a bunch of links that Google is considering, uh, let's say they used to work and then the algorithm sort of figured out that, oh, these actually were just made for SEO purposes, then disavowing those is not going to cause them to work more, you know? Um, So, It's really a tough area um, in terms of deciding whether to disavow. We're hopefully soon going to launch a service where uh, my team can look at your links and quickly tell you whether it would make sense to do a disavow. Um, And I'm going to have more information on that in the future. Uh, There's some information in the newsletter about uh, more on the September 27th update. Uh, Glenn Gabe wrote a really, really good post with his thoughts, and I've summarized those in uh, in the newsletter. Um, Some of the things to to take note, I think Glenn agrees with me that trust and reputation are really important in terms of this update, and I think Google was trying to do things to demote sites that had issues that would cause people not to trust the site. Um, Glenn had another good point, which I had really covered a whole lot in my discussion on this update and that was that uh, relevance is still very very important and what I mean by that uh, so Glenn's words were saying uh, a lot of sites that dropped were sites that were quote not staying in their lane and what he means is that they were sites that were writing tons of content on topics that maybe they weren't really uh, relevant for. Um, Maybe they are lacking EAT, expertise, authoritativeness, and trustworthiness to write these topics. So if you saw a drop on September 27th, that is something to look for. I know we worked with a couple of big brands that we really felt actually did have really good EAT, uh, but they had way too much thin content. Um, and so that's one of the things that we're working with now is trying to uh, do more experimentation in, in chopping out some of that thin content to see if that can help. It was an interesting question by Ari Finkelstein in uh, Twitter uh, saying, is any site that sells products considered YMYL? So YMYL is your money or your life. And here's the question. I mean, uh, if you, uh, Paul McNamara mentioned this in his uh, talk at PubCon. He said a site that sells shower curtains, you know, probably isn't in the same level of being YMYL as uh, a medical site that people are getting important medical information from. Um, and so one of the things that Ari pointed out was in the quality raters guidelines, one of the examples that is given as uh, a high quality YMYL site is a site that sells backpacks. Uh, And so, you know, that's not a high tech 
ticket ticket item. I would consider any site that takes credit card information, whether it's for a product that sells for thousands of dollars or sells for like five dollars, I think that this is considered YMYL. And the reason why that's important is that any site that's YMYL is held to a higher standard of quality by Google. I do think that there are different degrees of YMYL. I think Google might say like, hey, you know, if you're writing about uh, cancer diagnosis, we need to see more trust. We need to see more EAT than a site that sells like pencils or something like that. Um, Moving on, Uh, somebody uh, noticed that no longer are we seeing, you know, when you go to a site that uh, their security certificate is wrong and you get that big uh, screen of death that says your connection is not private. I'm talking about in Chrome. Um, And we used to have this little button that said advanced and you could click on it and you had the option to proceed to the site. Well, now that option is not there anymore. And so that makes it even more important that you make sure that if you have a security certificate that you keep that up to date. I always recommend, um, even if you you have a security certificate that's supposed to auto renew every year uh, that you set up calendar uh, reminders just to make sure that it's renewed because if your security certificate expires then people are going to start to see this warning and you're going to see a real lack of people coming to your site people don't want to click through and now they can't click through so that's very very important um, an interesting tweet by Rand Fishkin, and uh, it was uh, a tweet to him by a company called We Find Lenders, and uh, they were just talking about some neat things that they did to rank well locally. And uh, what they did was they tested on their local pages. They said we added information on local credit counseling, food banks, homeless shelters, soup kitchens, and etc. Um, which I mean, it's kind of sad that a lot of the people that are going to uh, this place for loans um, have issues where they need uh, help from food banks and and soup kitchens and things like that. Um, the point is, what they're trying to do is say, look, our customers need information on this, and so instead of just adding random like oh here's the sports mascot for our teams or you know just something so that the content is technically unique they're actually adding content to pages that people are legitimately finding useful and so I would highly encourage you to do that especially if you're trying to rank pages locally in individual cities you want to find what are the questions that people have in those areas and then answer those questions. We reported a while back on uh, sites that were moved to mobile-first indexing. The cache would be broken for these sites. So right now, um, if you type in cache, C-A-C-H-E, colon, and then your domain name. So if I go cache colon mariehaines.com, I can see what Google has cached for my homepage. Oh, I can do that for any particular page. And after a site was moved to mobile first indexing, there was a bug that made it so that the cache was broken and you'd just see a 404 page. So last week we talked about a tip to get around that. Um, that tip doesn't matter anymore because Google's fixed that bug and now you can see the cache. What I find is interesting is you're supposed to see see the mobile version of your site in that cache and that's not happening so I kind of feel like Google just sort of rolled something back it's maybe a band-aid solution where you're seeing the cache of the desktop version of your site not really a big deal but something that I think people will find a little bit interesting 
I have some uh, tips in, uh, I've summarized some of the talks I went to at PubCon uh, Vegas, and uh, there's some tips in the newsletter from Aleda Solis. I had a fantastic talk with Aleda at one of the after parties at PubCon, um, and she is really a wonderful person. And so if you are interested at all in international SEO, you need to be following the things that Aleda puts, um, that she publishes. Uh, So here's a couple of the tips that she gave in her presentation. One is if you're trying to decide whether you should spend the time to implement hreflang to um, maybe get uh, an international uh, CCTLD, um, then one of the ways to determine that is to actually go into Google Analytics and look at your search traffic and see where are people coming from. So if you have a ton of visitors coming from some other country, then that means that, yeah, perhaps it makes sense to um, invest in internationalizing your content. And Aleda has a uh, a calculator, an ROI calculator, that can help you figure out uh, whether it actually makes sense to target a particular country. So I've got a few more tips in the newsletter. Uh, You can reach the newsletter at mariehaines.com slash newsletter, and um, most of this will be in here. Although I think the summaries for PubCon Talks might be in the paid version of the newsletter. So um, just a little bit of a pitch. Uh, It's only $18 US a month and you have access to all of the past newsletters that we've done. And that may change in the future. We're actually going to be redoing some things in the newsletter. Uh, So if you're thinking, if you're on the edge of signing up, I would urge you to do it now so you can still see um, all of the past. I think it's almost two years of uh, newsletters that are in there. Going back to uh, PubCon, we really, really enjoyed going to the Search Awards. The U.S. Search Awards are pretty cool. Um, I want to congratulate Barry Schwartz for winning the U.S. Search Personality of the Year. Um, totally deserved. Barry does so much for our community, and uh, without him, I think a lot of us would be lost in in finding the news. Uh, we also, um, my company, Marie Haynes Consulting, was nominated for two awards. We were nominated for um, Best SEO Campaign and then also Best Small SEO Agency. So we did not win, but we had a really really good time. Uh, and I, uh, I, I just want to thank everybody who put on these awards. Um, we had such a blast and it was really an honor to be nominated. Um, going back to the newsletter, Chrome 70 has just launched. I have not upgraded to Chrome 70 yet. I know that's uh, something that probably will come soon, but there's a few things in there that are different. The most important thing is what happens for sites that are HTTP as opposed to HTTPS. And Google keeps changing how they're uh, showing this, but now HTTP sites are going to show a red non-secure warning Um, when users enter data. In the past, it wasn't red. Uh, There was a warning that would flash up um, in the URL bar that would say not secure, uh, and so now it's red. One of the things we covered before is that for some reason, Google's no longer showing a green padlock. Um, I guess they want to say, like, this is the standard to be HTTPS, and if you're not HTTPS, we're going to show a red warning. Um, So Google's really trying to push everybody to migrate to HTTPS. It was an interesting SEO test that uh, Will Critchlow tweeted about where, um, and I think it was Tom Capper who had done this test uh, on a large e-commerce brand. And what they did was they had the word online in their title tag, I believe. Oh, no, in the copy. 
in the in the text that's on the page. And then they removed the word online from the text and their rankings dropped for searches related to the word online. Now this might seem a little silly. I mean, of course, if your text is not in your word, in, in your copy, um, you know, if that keyword's not there, it's gonna be harder to rank for it. But this is one of those things that Google kind of says, hey, we should be able to figure that out. If people are searching for buy red shoes online, you shouldn't have to have the words online. Another example is near me. We see all these near me searches and Google says, oh, you don't need to put near me in your title tag or in your copy. We can figure it out. I'll tell you, we've had better results when we do put near me or words like online um, in the title tag and in the uh, in the copy as well. So um, something to pay attention to. I mean, this is just one case, but it's a good thing to test. And that's the, the type of thing that... Um, you probably should be testing things like that uh, for your website. It was a neat little test uh, done by SEO Mike Consulting uh, to tell us how many HT access redirects are too many. So HT access redirects, that's where you can put a 301 redirect in your HT access file. And uh, the redirect is to say, all right, somebody landed on this page, we want them to end up on this page. And in most cases, you really shouldn't have a whole lot of redirects. Um, you know, if you've moved a page, you should move all your internal links so that they point to the correct page. But there are some situations where you should have redirects in your HT access file. And so in this test that they did, they said that once you get over 10,000 redirects in your HT access file, then that can influence page load times and it can slow down uh, the performance of your site. I think it's really going to vary from site to site. Again, this is the type of thing that you might want to um, test and play around with because it's going to be different for every single site. Those of you who use Bing Webmaster Tools, the URL submission tool is still broken, but Bing has said that it's going to be fixed soon. I want to go over a few tips from uh, two of the talks that were on the Quality Raiders Guidelines. So those of you who have been following me for a while know that we're really big on the Quality Raiders Guidelines. And so I really enjoyed the talks by Jen Slag and also by Paul McNamara uh, at PubCon. I'm going to I'm not going to give you all of the tips. You can go to the newsletter to uh, to get these all. But here's a couple of really good ones. Um, one of the things Jen pointed out was that Google recently added the words beneficial purpose to the quality raters guidelines. Um, and I looked it up. It's in there a lot of times, I think like 20 times or so. I, I could be wrong on that. They also added the words safety of users. And I think that with the September 27th update, Google got better at figuring out what is the beneficial purpose of your site? What is the main reason why it exists? And we saw drops in sites that we feel may be dropped because they didn't disclose properly um, why, how they make money. So we've actually added this to our site quality reviews. Is, is it clear how you make money? So if people land on your site and you're providing all of this great information um, and you don't explain why are you doing this, it can cause some distrust and every site is going to be different. I'm thinking, for example, of uh, a site that we recently did a site quality review for um, and they existed to sell leads to, uh, let's say, um, physicians, to doctors, a particular type of doctor. Um, I don't want to say too much about my particular client. 
the thing is that this is not clear on the website. So you go to the website and you're like, oh, this is great information. But all the time, the website is trying to funnel you to get you to um, submit your contact information so that they can have this medical practice call you. Uh, and people don't like that kind of thing. So we're going to experiment with this site. This site saw some big drops September 27th. We're going to experiment with them in making it super clear. Like, look, this is how we make money. This is why we exist. And yes, we are going to share, you know, if you fill out this form, we're going to share your information with this company and you're going to get a phone call from this company that's going to connect you with a doctor. Um, and I know the monetization team is probably cringing now because uh, that's the type of thing that you, you know, in the past you wanted to kind of be markety and hide. Um, but people are not dumb. People can see through that type of thing. So my uh, advice is that it's the best policy to be super, super clear with um, how you're making money, with what you're doing with people's uh, information. Um, Jen said that EAT is the cornerstone that Google uses to determine quality. And I, uh, I'm going to be spending all day tomorrow hopefully finishing up my EAT article that I've been promising for over a year now. Um, I'm going to soon have some information out uh, on my thoughts on EAT as well. She also commented that um, every uh, business needs some type of reputation info online. So if you're a brand new business and people can't find any information uh, that says, oh yeah, this is a great business or we did business with them and we, uh, you know, we had a good experience, then there's a good chance that you're not going to rank well. Um, Google does not want to rank businesses, especially if you're your money or your life. Uh, they don't want to rank businesses that nobody has heard of. Um, so this is why in a lot of circles for black hats, it's difficult to get a brand new site off the ground um, unless you are a legitimate actual business that people recognize. We'll move on to uh, Paul McNamara's talk. And, uh, you know, we really uh, agreed on a lot of things that, uh, that he talked about. Um, one thing he said is that he believes that EAT first entered Google's algorithms in February of 2017. And I've been saying that for quite some time now. I think February 7th, 2017 is when we first started seeing sites take big hits because they were lacking in expertise, authoritativeness, and trust. Um, I think trust became more important just in the last few months, but the uh, authoritativeness and expertise, um, February of 2017 is probably when it was added. Um, Paul talked a bit about these uh, this patent that talks about how PageRank um, is connected to trusted seed sites. And one example of these seed sites is the New York Times. So if the New York Times links to you, that's a link that Google would trust. If a site that is linked to from the New York Times links to you, then that's a link that Google would trust. And going down the, the path of links, um, you need to get links from trusted sites. Uh, one of the things I spoke about in my talk was how would Google do this? You know, how would Google, it's very hard to scale that if Google had to manually pick these trusted seed sites. I think that the seed sites are picked based on sites with high EAT. Um, and so you need to be getting links from sites that are recognized as authorities. And this is why uh, we can see some wild changes because um, it w when with algorithm updates. So if you're, and this is also why sometimes Google says, you know, there's nothing you can do 
if you were hit with an algorithm update. So let me give you an example. I, I don't agree that there's nothing you can do, by the way, but I think in some cases there is. Um, for example, let's say my site dropped and I have a really, you know, it's a great site. I feel like I've got good information. I'm doing everything according to the quality raters guidelines. But maybe some of the sites that were linking to me that were authoritative, that were passing page rank to me, maybe some of those sites lost their EAT. And what I mean by that is, for example, let's say Google's algorithms figure out that a particular site um, is not honoring refunds, uh, nobody trusts them, they have bad reviews online, and Google says, look, we don't trust this site anymore. And so if that site drops, that's one thing. But that site's links that are pointing to you may have lost their effectiveness. So sometimes if you're seeing drops, it might just be that the sites that are linking to you uh, were hit as well. Um, so what else did Paul say here? He talked about how the quality raters, they're instructed to go to third-party sites to determine what your reputation is. Um, he talked about author bios and how they really should be used to demonstrate the expertise of your writers. And we've got a bunch more tips from uh, uh, Paul's talk um, in the newsletter as well. Let's see, uh, local SEO, we're now seeing more uh, booking and reservation buttons in local packs. And uh, this is not a new thing, but it seems like something that Google's doing more and more of. Um, people also search for is now appearing in local results, um, which is interesting. So Google is trying to do everything they can to like, keep people in the search results. Um, that's not really something I think that we can optimize for, but just something to pay attention to. It's something that can draw some clicks away from your business. So, um, you know, if you are seeing uh, some of your traffic drop, sometimes that can be why. Um, Google put out some slideshow images for local packs. So some of the local packs now are seeing these images that uh, you can scroll through. And I'm really noticing that uh, Google is paying a lot of attention to images. And I think this is probably connected to Google Lens. I believe we're going to be writing more about Google Lens in our next newsletter. Um, but Google Lens, as far as I know, is this like really cool thing where you can hold your phone up to something and Google will recognize what it is. So this is why Google is really encouraging us to do more for our images. They want to have really good images and they want images that are labeled with alt attributes that help us understand the images. Um, and that's also for Google's benefit um, because uh, the more they understand images, the more products like theirs like Google Lens are going to work. So hopefully we'll have more information on that in the, uh, the next episode. Um, I think we'll end with uh, one final tip. Uh, this was a great one from Greg Gifford um, on people also, or sorry, on uh, your own Q&A. So if you have uh, a local business and you have a Google My Business listing, you'll see that there's a question and answer section where people can ask your business a question. What a lot of people don't realize is you can actually ask yourself a question. You can have one of your staff ask a question and then you yourself can respond to it. And this is a great way of actually getting more information into the knowledge graph um, and information that you control in the knowledge graph. The question is whether that actually helps with rankings. I actually do think that um, keywords in your Q&A can help with rankings. Now don't go overboard and go keyword stuffing uh, your questions and also your answers, um, but I would throw the odd keyword in there if you're answering your own question. 
So I think that's all we've got for this week. Um, we're going to be back. We're going to try to do a more regular schedule with newsletter. Um, last week, I took the majority of my team with me to uh, to Vegas. And so that slowed us down in getting some stuff done. Um, if you're interested in contacting my team and I to, uh, to get a review, you can go to mariehaines.com slash contact, and uh, you'll find some information there. And um, if you're not a newsletter subscriber, then we have a free and a paid version. The free version has tons of stuff in it, especially if you want to just stay up to date with Google algorithm updates. Um, and that, again, is at mariehaines.com newsletter. Um, so thank you so much for listening. I would really love it if you could leave a review for us on wherever you listen, whether it's iTunes or Google Play Music or whatever. That would be awesome. And I wish you the best of luck this week with your rankings.